Hey everybody, welcome to the Metal Mama podcast. My name is Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama, and this is yet another episode. Uh, first off, I want to thank you guys just for coming around, hanging out, listening in. Uh, we just keep gaining more amazing metalheads who are listeners. And I know I'm not great at social media. I suck at social media. Like, yeah, I have an Instagram, but as you know, not great at posting, not great at getting stuff out there. I just, God, I suck at social media. Anyway, some of you have discovered the Discord server, which is awesome, and you've popped on in there to say hi, and I'm glad about that. And I know some people are like, okay, the episodes were super regular, now they're not. What's going on? I'll explain this to you, and I'll make it very super quick. Uh, I'm going through a divorce right now, and so obviously that is taking up a lot of my extra time. And, you know, just trying to get everything situated. Um, yeah, going through a divorce sucks, uh, especially when you're my age. So that is why the episodes have not been really nice and regular right now. So, yeah, really sorry about that. Hopefully things are going to start to chill out now. Really don't have much left. All the messy paperwork and stuff is done and over with. Now we just have to go to a couple of court dates and then that's it. We're done couple of quick housekeeping things, because as you know, I like to self-promote and be totally shameless about several things, uh, which includes the Metal Mama website. You can go to metalmama.rocks, still super proud of that URL, and uh, find out everything for those of you that are fellow nerds like I am. If you want to play Dungeons and Dragons with us, please feel free to jump in on the monthly Goblins and Guitars one-shot campaign. We have one coming this month in July of 23, whenever you're listening to this. If it's not July of 23, it's already passed. But for those of you who are here in the present time and not in the future, you can go, you can sign up, and yeah, you can join us and a bunch of other metalheads for D&D. We do this once a month because our regular campaign party is always freaking full, so getting in on it is pretty difficult. So before we get into the really cool part of the show, because we have an amazing guest, uh, I convinced Adrian Venegas to come on the show and talk a little bit about his new album, just a little bit about music. He and I had chatted on Instagram quite a bit, so we've had some really cool conversations, and I was like, dude, I really want to see you like come on the podcast and just talk about some stuff, and he was like, oh yeah, sure. So, And the, the, what, what you're going to hear with Adrian is all pre-recorded, so... It's uh, it's not going to sound as natural as if he's right here, and that's why, is because he needed to pre-record it just because of distance scheduling and time zones. We just figured the whole thing out, but it's still going to be awesome, so stick around. Boy, if that didn't sound like a radio announcer. Before we go and hang out with Adrian for a minute, wanted to very quickly bring up the Dio documentary. I don't know if you all have seen it yet. I was really bad. Okay, so I have to admit, like, I rarely ever watch TV. I n almost never watch TV or movies these days. Like, if you give me a history documentary, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to watch it. Other than that, though, it's like, um, yeah, I'll watch it next year. I just, oh, man, I'm so bad at watching that stuff. So I had people tell me a while ago, they're like, dude, there's a Dio documentary and it's in theaters and you should really go see it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never got to see it. Because I'm really bad at watching movies. So finally, hanging out with somebody uh, like a couple weeks ago, I think. And we sat down and watched it because it was on Prime. And I was like, woo. Well, actually, it's on Showtime, which you can get on Prime. So I just got the free trial. 
Anyway, that's besides the point. We watched it, and it was really freaking good. There was a lot of things in there, like, I didn't actually know about Dio, and a lot of things in there that I didn't actually know about some really cool heavy metal history. So if you have not had the chance to go check out the documentary on Dio and his musical career, you totally should. You are going to learn some pretty cool pieces of modern music history and some really cool things about modern heavy metal history. Plus, as we all know, Dio kind of pioneered the sound of power metal. No, I'm not saying Dio was power metal because I know that's going to be argued. Oh, Lord, we're not even going to go for that argument. But we are aware that he kind of helped pioneer the sound. He wasn't the only one. There were other influences, but Dio was a huge part of it. And of course, we're all aware that the popularization, not the original, but the popularization of the sign of the horns was also done by Dio. And of course, the documentary talks briefly about that, too. But it also like talks about his time in Black Sabbath and, you know, what happened there and what happened later on down the road. And of course, you know, them getting back together and everything that happened right before he passed away, too. And then everything in between, which some of it was super surprising. And yeah, I like I'm not going to go into the whole thing because not like it's spoilers because it's documentary regardless you should totally go watch it also i know a few people have been like hey candace you're you're not really doing many reviews or you know like some deep dives into metal history right now on your website and your blog i'm actually surprised all three of you read it maybe one of the three of you read it <laughs> regardless i know i know i've been slacking on that and once again that has to do with the fact that well going through a divorce and uh, hopefully none of you have ever had to go through it, uh, especially not, you know, at my age because I'm 41 and it just takes a lot of your brain power and oh my god, the spare time. It's like I have none right now. This episode is so delayed and that's why it's been delayed and like I said, hopefully that is not going to be the case much longer. I, I don't really plan on doing like super like, you know, oh my god, here's the schedule for the episode because I'm just lining people up to come talk to me and really great people, whether they're, you know, like people who are just part of the metal community and fellow metalheads or we've got some other musicians that are coming up. Of course, we had Marius Danielson last week, which was super fun. This week we have Adrian Benegas who's coming on and then... um We've got some other, like, really, really cool people to talk to. And uh, I'm not telling you because you just have to come back and listen. Ah, see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, I know. And so a lot of people also have been like, okay, there's a shift here, like, in your show. And you're right, there is a shift. And the shift is that obviously we're not focusing super duper heavy on the nerdy stuff. We're focusing a lot more on metal. And I just feel like that's kind of become a very natural shift. So that's just where I'm rolling with it. Not that you'll never hear Reno or Gio back here. Not that you'll never hear Umbra back here because you will. But for the most part, I think the show is very much focused on metal, especially power metal, because, well, this is me after all. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of me just talking. We're going to jump right into it with Adrian, who is joining me, and go ahead and say hi. Hello there. Adrian Venegas here, saying hi from Paraguay. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm a producer, keyboardist, composer, um, mainly specialized, let's say, in power metal, symphonic metal. And yeah, it's cool to, to talk a little bit with you about everything, about my new album. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. 
All right, let's talk for a second about your new album. It's called Arcanum because that's what we're supposed to do right now. It is time to shamelessly self-promote. So tell me and us whatever you want about the album. Plug the heck out of it. Tell everybody where they can find it and listen. Obviously, that's going to be on the show notes too. But yeah, promote it. Well, yeah, Arcanum is my new album, my second solo album released by Reaper Entertainment Europe and distributed by Warner Music. Um, you can find it everywhere. You know, it's um, in all music platforms such as Spotify, Deezer, iTunes. And also it has a beautiful physical format with a 16-page yeah, booklet, illustrated, beautiful, beautiful. And so you can find it um, in all territories as well the US, Europe, and it has a very special edition for Japan. Awesome. Very cool. And like I said, that'll also be in the show notes for those of you who are interested. And now I reviewed this album, so I have listened to it thoroughly several times to review it. And I want to touch on some things that I personally noticed, if you don't mind doing that. Oh, yeah, I know. I know that. Uh, so <laughs> I can be more uh, grateful with you for doing it. Thank you for that. And of course, let's do it. I'm all ears. So in my review, I said that it felt like the right people were sought out to make sure the album sounded exactly how it was supposed to. Like exactly the feel you want. Was I right? Well, yeah, it's it's um, not a secret that I choose musicians that I admire. Um, those who I think are the, the right ones to, to perform on my albums, on my songs. So just that, uh, I, I was uh, following the career of these uh, great musicians before um, calling them, to say, to put in Subway. And, and fortunately, they all accepted and participated on this album. Of course, they are just um, session musicians. And, but of course, they 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 performed very very well on the album. I am very satisfied, and they put their magic on on the on the songs as well. It's yeah. I I, I always say that um, we achieved a very great state of alchemy there in the album. Everything was smooth. Everything went great so the result is there and i can be more satisfied as i said so how did you go about choosing these people how did you say all right i want you on my album how did that happen well it's, it's not a big secret that uh, i always invite people musicians that i admire to perform on my on my albums songs productions so arcanum is not the exception when I finished all the, the pre-production, the songwriting, I just started inviting them. Ronnie, Michael, Anis, um, Timo, Sasha, Suberoa. They are people, musicians that I've been following their careers. So fortunately, they accepted. They participated on the album. And, and of course, the result is there and it shows that they were the, the the right people to perform on it. And, you know, the album sounds exactly 
how I imagined, so I can be more satisfied with it. Speaking of the sound of your album, you have got a serious, like, kind of like old school roots of power metal sound going on there, which I'm all here for. I fucking love it. However, there's so much of a shift in power metal these days, you know, so many, so many, and not that it's bad, because obviously I love me some power metal, no matter if there's a crossover or not. But you, on the other hand, you're like, all right, we're going to go, we're going to go back this way. So what's, what's up with that? Where, where did we get this from? That's obviously a royal we. Well, it came in a natural way. I mean, I used to, to listen a lot to all school power metal bands, such as Rhapsody, Stratovarius, Antarctica, Nightwish, um, Avantasia, especially in their first eras. So I think... It's natural to find that old school sound uh, into my compositions as well, purely because of the influences. And but in terms of production, we did it intentionally with Tasha Paez. He proposed to to give the album that uh, sound more direct sound, and try to avoid. Um, we tried to avoid that bombastic. Um, most of the time plastic sound of the symphonic um, metal bands nowadays. So that's why Arcanum sound or, or has the, the perfect mix, the perfect balance between modern and old school power metal. That's what I think. Oh, we could spend way too long talking about the bands that you used to listen to, the bands that you still listen to, that, you know, the, anyway, besides that. So we're going to go back to something else that I want to know about what I said in the review. As I said, you you obviously had a story to tell. I know that when I mentioned how much I hate it when people do epilogues and prologues, you were like, oh, God, I'm nervous. I'm like, no, 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 it's cool as long as there's an actual story there. And... Yes, there was an actual story in your album, which, again, I love. <laughs> and I know that, you know, when you're telling a story through a medium like music, it's up to individual interpretation. I know what I got from it. I know the story that I heard from it. But I want to know from you what the story is, because you're the one who wrote the story. So tell me, what is the story that you were personally telling? I mean, having your own interpretation, uh, that's, that, that's, I think that's the meaning of art, that everyone can take something and, and put it into their own perspective and understand it in, in their own way. Um, but basically, just to sum up uh, que very quickly, this saga is a tale of a soul's journey from the depths of its own hell, um, seeking self-realization, you know. Um, it's about human journey itself, the way I see our existence as human beings, the ups and downs, fighting against our inner demons, to finally, finally find the light of self-comprehension, self-knowledge, um, if we separate the chapters in the first album, uh, the whole story took place in the depths of a hell called Kadabria, um, taking the listener to a spiritual, full of emotion journey. And this second chapter, Arcanum, starts when the main character 
finally escapes from that hell and start um, contacting some spirits, solemn spirits, who helps him to understand and value life in a different and higher way. That's the whole story um, divided in the two chapters I've already wrote until now. Huh, interesting. So that is not exactly the same story that I interpreted. Uh, that's that's kind of cool to hear that what you wrote was something different. There are some definite overlaps, some total similarities, but I kind of interpreted a slightly different story there. But again, I love that because it is one of those things where you're using this medium where it's so open to interpretation. Um, speaking of all the cool artsy stuff, you've got some really cool music videos out that are very artistic, very cool stylized. So... So I want to know about the videos. Like, who made them? Did you have any creative control in it? Like, let's 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 go on this for a minute. Well, um, all the videos um, are from Santiago Bogarín's mind, a filmmaker, artist, and friend from Paraguay. He has a very cool team with him, and I give all the control and freedom to to create the videos, you know, because from the first time I met him, um, he showed me a very important skill that is that he understand perfectly what I want to say with my music so he can represent it visually. And that's great because it's very, very hard to find someone like him. It's a rare gem, as I always say, and he fulfilled me the dream of having the, the perfect videos for, for my music. Dude, that's awesome. Also, if you guys have not seen any of the music videos, uh, link Adrian's YouTube. You're going to love them. It's such a cool art style on them. So I want to touch on something that makes this a little more personal on my end because Arcanum kind of made me feel a little more at home. And the reason why is because of where I grew up and how I grew up. I grew up in South Florida, all over the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. And I grew up speaking Spanish Inglés también. Uh, most of the time in the same sentence. You know, there's this kind of classic thing of people in my generation where I think all of us spoke Spanglish throughout our entire lives. And so here I am, I'm listening to an album and it's switching between those two languages. And that just like took me right back, you know, right back to like having a great night with my friends, drinking coladas, getting ready to go out somewhere, whatever. You don't really hear this a lot here in the United States. So is this something that you purposely said, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put the album in both Spanish and English. And if it is, what, what caused that decision? Really? That's great. Lovely. Lovely to hear that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, in, in South America, most of the bands write in, 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 in Spanish because it's our mother language, except for Brazil, of course. But in my case, um, most of the times I, or 90% of, of the times, I write in English. Um, but with Arcanum, something happened and, and, <laughs> and the lyrics, some parts came in Spanish. And I believe that art is freedom. Um, so when I am creating something, I never force anything. So... This time it came in Spanish, and I just respected that I just left. 
the way the way it was and and I like it uh, how how it sounded at the end so that's that's the explanation for that it's not a decision it's just um I just float and it came in Spanish so I, I that's that's it <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. But, you know, like I said, you don't really hear it that often. Now, I do listen to a couple of Spanish-speaking power metal bands, and I love it. But hearing both languages in the same song, I mean, yeah, I've heard it with, like, you know, some, like, pop Latin crossover artists. But I can't say I've heard much of our music, as I'm going to say, doing that. And I'm just so freaking here for it, especially being raised speaking both languages as sometimes in the same sentence. Yeah, well, it, it's not a common thing as you said but in my particular case it came naturally i mean uh, here in paraguay we speak spanish most of the bands that i listen are in english so it, it just flowed uh, i mean as i said before when i write music i just flow with with what i feel and in this particular case with arcanum um, it just came this way and i didn't put any resistance to that you know, it's a resource that I can use and of course it's very welcome. Now you and you and I have chatted a bit online and have kind of gotten to know each other a little. And one thing you told me a while ago was you said that it's really hard to be in the arts where you live in Paraguay. And I remember saying that I would probably suffocate without the arts, uh, which probably wasn't great to say, but you know, that's me. So it is obvious you're an artist. So how do you create and live in an area that is not so friendly and open to the arts? Well, <laughs> uh, you know, there, that's an answer that I am looking for since forever. You know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty hard to, to answer that because, uh, I don't know, the love for art, for music, uh, I mean, uh, inside I feel like I am music, so I can't help doing it. Um, no matter if I live in a country that is that art is enemy number one <laughs> to put it in some way you know for politicians uh, arts, music, culture is is not a priority so it's pretty hard here you know to, to do something in music, in art um, in Paraguay, you don't have a professional scene. You don't have a professional um, platform where you can develop yourself as an artist. So it's crazy. It's real. And <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what the hell I am doing here. <laughs> Please take me out of Paraguay. <laughs> Okay, so here's the plan. We're going to put together a GoFundMe. We're going to move Adrian to a South American country that is much heavier on the arts. I would say maybe Brazil, but then you would have to speak Portuguese, so I don't know. Please, please <laughs> do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, once I, I, I started to investigate that kind of services like Indiegogo and, and, and guess which country is not allowed to raise funds yeah <laughs> paraguay it's it's so hard uh, sometimes to to do something here um especially seeing other bands and artists in in other countries like europe u.s um 
having uh, so much opportunities, like hundreds of uh, open doors, at least to compete, you know. Uh, it's, it's pretty sad when, I, when, I, when you see yourself here in a country that, uh, like Paraguay, where you don't have um, any chances at all uh, to get some help, you know, or at least, as I said, a platform or environment where you can compete at least. It's it's funny at the end. Yeah, it's but it is what it is. <laughs> okay, I'm 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 kind of feeling like sad here. Like it's just like this sounds so. Yeah, it just sounds so sad. It's like oh my god, please help me. <laughs> Maybe we should put up that GoFundMe. But wait a minute, so. You mentioned the person who created your music videos, and I believe you said that they live in Paraguay there as well. So it sounds like maybe there's at least a small group of artists there? Well, a big community or, or, or something similar, not really. It's more like um, talented guys working individually, but not especially in arts. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, this guy, Santiago Bogarín, the, the genius behind the videos work in something completely different than art and it's sad because as you can see he has a lot of talent you know a lot of great ideas um, his his work is uh, wonderful um, in fact I've never heard about him uh, before he contacted me to offer his services <laughs> and it was funny because at the, at the beginning I kind of doubt about what he could do with my music but at the end he completely surprised me you know it's uh, as, as I said it's a gem um, it's a diamond there in the dark here in Paraguay uh, sometimes as I said before it's kind of sad because um, we have uh, talented people here but uh, not a platform not an environment not a professional uh, scene here for art so everything is uh, indie and in music for example is kind of underground still underground bands are not established you know because it's uh, it's hard it's hard to endure all these difficulties you have a, a sort of let's say real life uh, family um, you have to eat you have to live so when you don't have a professional environment where you can uh, develop your 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 talent uh, at the end you just surrender and and do something else okay this is like kind of hurting me a little bit like genuinely that like that whole outlook that whole thing kind of hurts my heart however you're you're not doing that you're not like just surrendering and giving up I mean you're still you're still doing your thing you're still composing you're still writing and that brings me to another question you you are as you said you're in an area that's not really conducive to the arts so I'm wondering what got you into writing and composing in the first place well, um, since I was a kid, I was a very introvert. So I think introverts usually ends up um, doing something in art to express them, themselves. And it's like that. I, I feel like um, 
I started to feel the need to express myself, to understand myself. And music really helped me since the first time I, I've, I've, I've met my first instrument when I was uh, like 15 years old. So, you know, I use music as a, a therapist and and that's it. Uh, that's why I am a musician. That's why I am an artist. And especially, that's why I am a composer. So what was your first instrument? Well, my main instrument and, and the only one I know how to play uh, at least well, let's say, is uh, synth, keyboard. I also use um, piano to compose sometimes. Um, but but mostly um, I use the the keyboard. You know, you you just mentioned that music is like a therapy to you, and I feel that. Oh, I so feel that. I definitely view music as therapy. I was the awkward dorky kid, and now I'm into power metal. Go figure. But music was definitely it was my therapy. It was my escape, as well as reading was. So was it the therapy side of music that started you into composing? Is that what got you going? Because I know for me personally, like the therapy side of music is definitely what caused me to you know take singing classes and sing and so I'm wondering if that's what got you to go okay I want to do this because it's such a great escape for me absolutely absolutely it's pure therapy but this is not only therapy you know um now something I I read comes to my mind I don't remember who said this but I remember reading it, which is that the music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy. Um, it's uh, like a religion to me, you know, it's like a therapy. It's, it's a place where I can be myself, where I can feel free, um, where I can understand myself, where I can just put all my demons away. Um, you know, I think I wouldn't be able to live uh, without music, <laughs> without writing music. And here comes another um, quote I've read, uh, which I instantly connected with, which is, uh, without music, life would be a mistake. <laughs> this is what I feel. This is how I I see it, and and of course my my life will be meaningless uh, without music. Oh, I'm so like almost a level of emotional here. Like that is that is legitimately beautiful. Just that whole outlook and the way that you see that, because I, I feel that. And, and yeah, I hear that too, because uh, I think I think for any of us who are into music in whatever way, like music has always been this huge, huge part of our lives. And though I'm like obviously super into metal and power metal, like the beginning of my own journey with music had to do with a lot of theater and stuff. But even then, like music has always been this huge part of my life. And hearing the way that you just put that is like, oh my goodness, that is so perfect and so beautiful. And the other thing that I, I have to share this and then I'll move on to the next question, I promise. But I, it, that hit me. Oh, my God, I'm almost emotional now. And the reason why is because today is July 4th and uh, my grandmother 
who is probably the sole person who was responsible for introducing me to and getting me into music at a super duper duper young age. She was a beautiful second soprano. She was a piano player. She was also an organ player. And she is the person who kind of introduced me to music, who expands my mind into music and always encouraged me to to sing and to learn and to discover and explore music. And she passed away on July 4th. So today is, of course, the anniversary of her passing. And so hearing you saying that, like, I almost feel like, I don't know, I feel super connected to that because anytime I deal with music, I'm always super duper connected with her. And hearing that today is a little bittersweet, but also unbelievably beautiful because I know that she would just be nodding her head and agreeing with every word. And I so love that. And I'm not going to make anybody get sad or emotional anymore. We're just going to go on to the next question, which also has to do with music. But it has to do with, obviously, power metal. Like, you got into composing, and you have this beautiful, amazing outlook on music. So what got you into metal? What was that defining moment that made you say, okay, this is it. I freaking love this. Well, it's a long story, but to sum up, <laughs> I think uh, it's Megadeth's fault. Because when I met, um, when I listened to, for the first time, uh, Jothanasia from them, I just fell in love with the with the with the genre, you know. And then lately, I discovered bands like Rhapsody, for example, for instance, in in Avantasia, Lucas Really. So I love the mixture between classical music and 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 metal music. Um, and finally, that uh, all of this stuff um, put me into metal, <laughs> and and. And I don't regret that <laughs> because metal really saved my life in some of a way. Okay, now we're just like getting into the point where people are going to fight with us now because you mentioned Avantasia and, you know, they're they're kind of hotly debated. Like you got folks like Avantasia isn't power metal. And then you got those of us who are like, I think I think they could be power metal. And it, I mean, I'm not starting this debate. If y'all want to have it, go at me on Discord. It's cool. We'll debate it on Discord. I. I'm not sure I actually care. Like, I just like Avantasia, but still, yeah, you brought it up, man. Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, uh, that kind of subject, the, the, the genre stuff especially, is something that always brings fights. <laughs> so, but uh, as far as I remember, Avantasia started with Power Metal. I mean, Metal Opera 1 or 2 are albums that uh, have pure Power Metal, um, if they are not power metal, what the hell they are? <laughs> Let me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't care too much as well about genre or or those labels that uh, industry put to the bands that are cool to to classify it sort of. But at the end, uh, the great bands, the great artists, the great composers can be labeled. Um, at the end, you can find in their music a lot of uh, influences and uh, at the end they found a, a, a unique sound, which is the primary reason why they are great. I am very simple guy about this stuff, this subject. I just listen what I like. I don't 
uh, stops thinking what genre is this or that band uh, if I like their sound, if I like their music, I just listen to them and enjoy it. That's it. I mean, I'm totally in agreement with you, but we're still like, we went from like sadder emotions now to like, we're going to start a fight. But I need to like go back to something because you can't just sit there and be like, okay, but metal saved my life and not explain it. Or maybe you can actually. Yeah, you, you can obviously, but if you're comfortable explaining that, I would love to know why you said that. Well, it's uh, a bit exaggerated to say that saved my life, but <laughs> but it did it in some way. Um, let me explain. Uh, when I discovered metal, I, I found a place where I instantly felt at, at home, you know, mostly because in the heavy sound, in the lyrics concept of of metal music, I found a connection with myself, uh, with a, especially with a self that um, it was uh, hidden until I found it. Okay, but I'm not I'm not at all hating on that explanation. Like I think I think in a way that that can be life saving depending on a space a person is. Um, yeah, I think I still think that's awesome, and I love that, and that's really cool, and it has been. So cool having you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And just to do like all the little housekeeping things. Again, you all can see Adrian's website and all of that great stuff and find his awesome music in the show notes. Give you his Instagram link as well. And yeah, that's it. Just thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. Um, I just enjoyed very much to be here talking with you. Um, I appreciate a lot the invitation and and of course I feel honored to be part of this great podcast for now on. Thank you and bye bye. Ah, you are awesome. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, this has been yet another episode of the Metal Mama podcast. That was Adrian Benegas joining me. You know, at the beginning of the show, I said it was pre-recorded. What I meant to say is separately recorded. Y'all got to give me a break. Obviously, I've been a little stressed out, but we're on the tail end of that right now. Anyway, I'm Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama, and I will see you guys next time. <laughs>